Welcome back, everyone, for episode 25 of the Zero Analytics Podcast, where we explore the karting world to hear the journey from top performers in all aspects of our sport. Today, we stay in my home state of Delaware to visit one of my favorite people in karting. I started doing tires for his older brother back in 2004, and over the last 15 years or so, I've watched this driver grow from a little kid that hung out at the racetrack to running up front at the highest level in karting. Many people know him from his success in the sport, but most don't realize it wasn't always an easy journey for him in his early years. Many of my favorite memories in karting have involved this driver and his family. I've enjoyed watching him grow into a great driver, but more importantly into one of the nicest, most compassionate young men I've ever met. When I first started the podcast, I only thought I would do three to five episodes. As the episodes started to stack up, People close to me asked me to tell my story and share my journey in episode 25, which was my old go-kart number. I'm sure I'll share my journey one day, but for this special episode number, I wanted to do someone special to me. Ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, my little brother from another mother, Mr. Alex White. All right, so let's get started here with um with Alex White from Lewis, Delaware. How are you doing, man? Not too bad. Uh, just right for this quarantine and being overtired of sitting in the house all day. Yeah, man. I think a lot of people are like that. It's been so up here in Delaware. It's been um, what about two or three weeks, I guess, for school and and everything, and probably bigger than that, at least for you, is um, your wedding was supposed to be on the 18th of April, which is now postponed. So how um, has is that your jitters like growing a little bit bigger now? Or are you just kind of ready to get that that part of it over with? No, nah, it doesn't really give me jitters or anything. It's just <laughs> I'm, re- I'm just ready to get married. Um, <clears throat> we've been we've been playing. We've been playing this thing since last June. And it seems like as soon as they got close, it got postponed. Thankfully, the new date is close by. It's supposed to be May 30th as long as the stuff don't last any longer. And right. if not, then I don't know after that. Right. But just... <laughs> yeah, no, I'm looking but, forward to it, man. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I know you're good. I just say I'm, I'm just ready. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I know I'm looking forward to it, man. Um, so hopefully you guys get to do it on your next date. And if not, like you I said, maybe so. you just, you'll just have to send out your address. We'll just send all the presents to you. You don't have to worry about the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much yeah so um, where are you guys going on your honeymoon out of curiosity well we were supposed to be going to sandals but they actually closed down right now so i'm in the process of trying to reschedule slash get refund and that's been hell honestly right, but we're supposed right. to be going to the sandals and like antigua i think it's called oh, okay cool, cool which, man, which is probably still where oh, we'll still probably go there eventually whenever we get to go right yeah no that's good man and um i know you're kind of in your busy time of the year now like you work with your you know you work with your dad drilling wells and stuff so you're kind of right right in the midst of everything um you know doing irrigation wells and housing wells and stuff like that so you guys are still you're still able to work right you're you're considered essential i'm assuming yeah work is essential we're still open still going strong um Right now, the state's actually limiting like how much permits can be submitted, so it gives us a chance to actually catch up for once because it's been very, very hectic lately. 
Yeah, I was I was talking to your dad the other day. It was we've had quite a bit of rain the past couple of weeks, and I think even when it rains, you guys are kind of rebuilding pumps on the trucks and stuff like that. And he said that um, he said you guys had all kinds of stuff taken apart and, and putting it back together, and kind of like you said, getting caught up on all the well drilling stuff you guys do. So um. Let's get to like your current involvement in go-kart racing now. The past few years, you've been on kind of like the Mark Martin semi-retirement tour. So um, just tell me like what you've been up to, you know, like, I don't know, the, really, I guess the last two or three years or so. The last two or three years, I kind of just took a step back from doing it full-time, I guess you could say. I mean, I wasn't really full-time before that, but... I try to just limit the amount of races I go to to about once, maybe twice a month if possible. That way I can spend more time, we know, with Maya and like my family and stuff like that. And plus, graduating and starting work full-time, I got actually a career to focus on now and a family to start working on here soon. So I just tried to step back. But uh, thankfully, I've been able to still go every now and then. Um, Daniel Armstrong, he's actually like one of my best friends. He's gave me a chance whenever I want to run just to let him know and We'll work something out. I got you. And Daniel's in your wedding too, right? Yes. Yeah. Now, how yes, did you? Um, so, how did he? How did you get him to take off on a race weekend to come to your wedding, man? I think that guy's pretty much been full time racing since he was about six years old. <laughs> I know. I, I got lucky too. Uh, thankfully, April eighteenth wasn't on any particular like big event and neither is may 30th thank goodness so he'll be able to make that as well well that's good that's good so yeah man you're kind uh, of most, oh, i'm sorry go ahead uh, i say most of my uh three out of the five of my groomsmen are people who race like i got daniel uh ryan heavener and ryan o'connor and <laughs> it, it's hard for them i bet because they want to go racing and for me it's like i want to get married <laughs> so it's yeah. hard to it's probably hard for them but They'll make it work. Yeah. No, I'm sure, man. I don't know really. I don't know Ryan Hebner very much, but I know Ryan O'Connor a little bit. And, you know, he's been on the podcast. So you got a good group of guys there. So um, I'm definitely looking forward to it, man. I know my reservations are in, and I'm, I'm still looking forward to the surf and turf. So I'm, I'm ready to roll, man. <laughs> um, so let's kind of get back to where – so that's what you're up to now. You're kind of like – you know, you show up when you can and, and still just kind of stay in the sport and be around the people. When you yeah. when you first got started, um, so your brother, you know, Brandon was racing before you, obviously, and um, and I did tires for them. And when you started racing, I guess, so how old are you right now? I'm 23. 23. So you started really racing when you were like six, seven, eight years old or, or so? Hey, yeah, you're you're breaking up. It's hard to hear you right now. Okay. Um, can you? So when you started racing at you started racing at Del Mar, right? Back when you were like eight or nine or so. Yeah, I started in two thousand two at Del Mar. Okay. I think and, I, actually, I think I was I think I was like five. That if I'm correct, if I some reason I'm remembering five years old. Okay. I mean, that probably is right, because you were a little bigger when you were uh, younger, as far as your size goes. And so when you started racing, tell me about, like, the first few years when you raced local and how you got into it and stuff like that, if you can remember. Uh, you're asking for a lot. That's, that's way back. But uh, as far back as I can remember, I just 
wanted to do it because Brandon did it. And he was my older brother, so I wanted to do exactly what he did. So I guess I don't really remember the full detail of it, but I guess dad started me racing. And at the time, like, I didn't care how I finished. It didn't matter if I finished first or 15th. I was just happy to be out there making laps. And really did struggle for the most part because, like I said, I wasn't really into it that much. I just wanted to do it because my brother was. And eventually it reached the point where I actually did get interested into it and started running a little bit better. But then came the challenge of my weight because when I was younger, I, I'm pretty sure I weighed the same amount when I was like 8 to 10 that I do as I do right now. So that was the biggest problem for me. And thankfully, I lost all the weight when I was 10 years old. And that's when I actually started really getting more into it when I was able to actually run competitive and actually get up front and win races. Right. And a lot of people, and if I can come across the pictures of you and I from back, uh, and actually the funny thing is like, okay, so we used to call you Pee Wee because you were, you were literally 150 pounds at, you know, or literally maybe 140 pounds, but you were like you said, nine years old. Yeah. Nine or 10 years old, which is the same as you weigh now at 23. And, um, but there's actually the picture I'll post and you know, which one I'm talking about where like we were wrestling one day and, um, in your yeah. room and, and it's big alex like chubby alex but you know when i looked at that the date was on that that was within a within a few days it was like 10 years from the time that that picture was taken until we won uh, the max daddy up at ceilings grove if you look it was like 10 years it was kind of cool to see uh how far you had come in that long yeah it was so so we used to call you Pee Wee, and then you kind of graduated to Chef Boyard. Chef Boyard, because you started losing, yeah, you started losing weight, <laughs> and then, uh, but you also kind of take, you know, part of your weight loss was just eating right, and you kind of started showing an interest in even like cooking and stuff. So we used to always uh, used to make some banging uh, cheeseburgers and stuff in the Toter home, but that's where you got the the nickname Chef Boyard P. But uh, so a little off subject there, but yeah, once you, um, so you lost some weight right as Alex, I mean, as your brother Brandon was kind of getting out of it, like the last year or two. And then, like you said, you started running better. And then when, when Brandon got out of it, you ended up getting hooked up with Miss you motorsports, right? Yes. Yep. That actually, uh, I think Brandon's last year, like full-time year was 2010, if I'm correct, 2011, maybe. Is that right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, because 2009, I was still, well, I still lost all that weight in 2000. I Pretty much, I went through three phases during this. 2007, I lost the most amount of weight. I got down to 112, and that was, like, the lowest I weighed. And then I gained it back to 2008, 2009. 2000, I think at the end of 2009, I was close to where I was before that, like, when I first started, around, like, 140, 130. Mm-hmm. And then... Went through 2009. I think we won the state championship that year, Delmar. Then that was like, Brand won the Lucas Oil race. And then 2010 was Brand's last year. And I actually gained all my weight back in 2010. And the whole thing with Eddie Mishu happened is because he was looking for a junior driver. And I can't, I can't remember exactly who it was. I think it was Trey or, I can't, or someone else who told him about me. And then I guess he called dad one night and was saying, hey, um, like if Alex can lose weight, uh, we like to make him as a junior driver. So dad pretty much came to me one night and while I was laying in bed, I think I was eating something too at that time. But, uh, 
he was like, Eddie Mission just called, and he wants you to run for him in 2011. I'm like, oh, okay. But he's like, but you got to lose about 40 pounds in two months. <laughs> right. No, and I, I just – no, you're good. I was just saying, uh, I remember looking at him and telling him, okay, I'll do it. And starting that next day, in two months' time, I went from 160 down to 132 by the first race in Margaretsville. Right. Yeah, that was the same time. I remember that because you were, um, I was actually working with your dad during the winters because I was landscaping. So I was drilling wells. Mm-hmm. And um, I was, uh, it all kind of worked out that um, I was actually having a, a kid that spring so it kind of worked out that you were able to to get a really good ride man and um and then you know with me going through having a kid and stuff like i kind of kept up on your racing and i talked to, to ryan o'connor a little bit about it he, he was talking about a race you guys ran at carnesville with him and his brother timmy and um <laughs> yeah so tell me about um so obviously you know i mean miss you one of the go-kart gods so to speak and his son trey either just moved out of that class or or, you know, a few years before that. So you, you really got into a really good program and a ride there. So tell me a little bit about your experiences with Miss You. And I think at the same time, Daniel was also with that group as well, um, running too, right? Yes. Uh, pretty much that, yeah, 2011 was the year Trey moved from Junior 3 up to the adults. So that's why they were looking for a junior driver. And thankfully, I was the one who got the call for it. And that was statistically one of my best years i mean we didn't win any championships that year but statistically that was probably one of my best years in terms of win wise um we only, we ran i think it was the three or two or three series i think i know we ran the russ wild series when that was in existence before it got shut down and we mm-hmm. ran the king of the clay at liberty and then we ran like a few other races pretty much we started out really really good like the first race was that margaretsville that year it was for the russ wild series and we end, actually ended up winning the first race by, like, over straight away on, on them. And then we ended up finishing second in the pro race. And then the following weekend at King of the Clay, we, fin- we won, actually ended up winning both those races with, a, I think, a last lap pass on one of the two races. And that's really when I think people really took a notice of who I was because before that I was a nobody. And it was kind of like, oh, here's another person. Here's another local yo running with you know, I, I guess you can call them professionals that i guess that would be the word for them yeah but uh but uh yeah and then we just i, I can't remember a lot because it's been nine years but i just know we won a lot of races that year we ran really good and the, probably the most memory of that it came out is when we were, uh, it was at the king of the clay i can't remember which one it was but um we qualified it was the light it was gold light we qualified third and pretty much they were calling, calling us, calling us to agree for the race. Eddie's still in there doing tires, <laughs> working on them, whatever he's doing. But our class is on the grid, and Eddie still has not have put any tires on the car yet or had them ready yet. And they start firing them up, and then here comes Eddie out of the trailer, hanging his tires. We're running sporadically <laughs> around trying to get going. Run down to the grid, sit down. They don't even make a pace lap. They, they go out there, next lap green. We pull out on the track we're supposed to start third we pull on the track probably a sh- half a track behind and we end up finishing six that in that race with no cautions right yeah your dad's told me that and story that, a couple of times yeah uh that's probably one of the only times i was really really not happy <laughs> that year. 
Right. But uh, <clears throat> and because of that, I think – I mean, we end up losing the championship, I think, by like three points or something like that because of that. Right. <clears throat> and, um, and then oh, – sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, man. We're on a like, – there's like a little bit of delay on us talking, so that's why we talk all over each other a couple of times. But no, go ahead. Go ahead. Tell me the rest of it. Okay. Um, and then going off to what you probably talked about with Ryan O'Connor at Thanksgiving Thunder that year with uh, me, Ryan, and Tim, that was probably one of the best slash worst weekends of Thanksgiving Thunder ever <laughs> for me. <laughs> because first Friday uh, – I think it was Thursday night they do it. Thursday night, we end up winning Junior Unrestricted by, like, I believe half a trailer or something like that. I don't really remember precisely. And then the second day, we ended up winning Pro Gold with a little bit of drama, because it was, I, but I ain't going to get into that. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and, then, and then the third day, we actually started off with a qualified eighth with a big dog race, and we ended up finishing 10th the first race, like, not really the best, but that was just Eddie, like, saving the good stuff for the, for the big race. And during the junior big dog, we started eighth, like I said, and took off first segment, kind of really didn't do anything, got to that fifth place by the halfway mark. And then once we got back racing, I just slowly worked my way up. And I always tell this to everybody. I made the move for the lead way too soon because the flag man messed me up so bad because he put one hand out. So I thought it was five to go, but it was really only 10 to go. So I ended up making the move way too soon, and I'm like, I'm like, okay, I got to lead. I thought with, with what two laps to go, and I'm like, okay, two laps to go, and then I'm in my head, I'm like, okay, it's supposed to be white flag, and then still going, still going, and I see a ham next lap for five laps. Ago. I'm like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I hold the lead to about the very last corner of the race, and that's when I got a little loose coming out three and tim and ryan were right behind me they went high i went low trying to protect it and then going into three if i could probably redo any race it would probably be this one because i know exactly what i did wrong i got into three way too high i should have slowed down a little bit and when i moved up tim just dove underneath me but thankfully he did so clean to where like it didn't i didn't get wrecked because he probably could easily wreck me and it was able to get a photo finish coming to the line, and I lost the junior big dog by like five one thousandths of a second. Uh, oh, you'll remember that one forever, huh? Oh yeah, definitely. I still joke with him about it sometimes. Yeah. So when you ran with Mishu, did you run? Did you only run that one year with him, or was there were there a couple years in a row that you ran? No, we just ran twenty eleven. Uh, Two thousand twelve, we moved with Daniel and Andy Murray. Okay, gotcha. And how, um, so when you went with Daniel and, and Andy, what were you still in the junior classes or did you move up that year? Uh, 2012 was kind of like a transition year. Like it was, we uh ran down south with uh Daniel and Andy, and then but in Delaware, we ran with uh Brian Bradford. And when we ran down south with Daniel and Andy, we ran junior three and we ran mm-hmm. a lot of like the point steals. Like we, I think we end up running like three or four like points things that year and then delaware i ran adults with uh bradford okay gotcha and <clears throat> so we'll, all right so we'll get into like you know 2012 um, 2013 or 14 or so throughout those years were you pretty much running with um 
with Bradford at that time also? Uh, 2012, I, I was with Andy and Daniel and then Bradford. And in 2013, 2014, I was just with Bradford, yes. Yeah, so when you were with Bradford, you guys were running the adult classes and and kind of trying to take on that um, that challenge at the time, correct? Yeah, we started off and we ran the Delaware series, like I stated. And what really started was I think we ended up winning all six races that year, but the last six races that to win the championship, which is what we needed, because we because at first I think I think I actually ran the very first race that year. It was with Brandon and. and uh, you and dad and I ran medium and Brian ran heavy. I think that's how it went. Or I, oh, I'm sorry. I ran with you guys and I think Brian ran with Bradford and that's how it started. Okay. And then, and then we ended up skipping the second race and then the third, fourth and fifth race, I actually ended up running with Bradford and we won every race that of those like medium and heavy. Mm-hmm. You got you. And then, uh, and I think we ended up winning the championship on both races that year. So, how was it racing against Brandon out of curiosity? Because you watched him for so long and, and Brandon had a lot of success back in, you know, the mid two thousands all the way through, you know, 2009, 2010. Um, so when you finally got to get to the point where you were having success and got to race against him, um, not that it was win or lose, but like, how, how did that feel? I mean, kind of looking up to your older brother, because I, I watch my kids now, I have an eight-year-old and a two-year-old, and my two-year-old does everything that my eight-year-old does. So I know, and I've, you know, I watch you kids grow up. So, I mean, I've, I've seen you yeah. guys grow up and stuff. So um, just kind of like your thoughts finally getting a race against, you know, your big brother. Well, I think the first time I actually raced against him was 2009 at that uh, G-Man race at Del Mar. We actually ended up finishing one and two. He won. I finished second because I think I blocked for him the last couple of laps. But right. uh, it's... At first, it was weird because, like I, like you always said, I, I looked up to him and I tried to do everything he did. So it was kind of like I didn't really want to do anything to piss him off in a way. So I would always kind of drive conservatively against him because I didn't want to do anything to like either wreck him or wreck us both. Mm-hmm. And that actually kind of cost me, cost us one time. It was the G-Man race in 2013 when like a, it was like one of the first times they had it was real big and they had like a lot of people come for it. I was racing with Bradford. I don't. I can't remember if he was two or not. It's been a while, but I was a lot faster. But I didn't pass him because I was like I didn't want to make a move on him and wreck him or something like that. Right. Yeah, I'm sure he would not let you live that down either. <clears throat> no. And then most the, probably the most recent time we ran together was a Friday night race to Delmar. I think I ended up passing him on the first lap of the heat race. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's probably easier though. He probably didn't want to go back now. He's like, nah, I'll move on to something different. Now. Yeah. So <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. So and right, so you ran when you were running with Bradford, like you guys also ran up a little bit to um like Sealings Grove and like some of the PA Burris series with um and you guys ran a little bit with Paul White, I think, too, right? Or like he didn't he do some tires for you guys? Because I know he did some tires for us when we went up there. Um, like in 2015 yeah. and 2016. So, um, so you guys had success with Bradford, though, like even in PA, Virginia, and everything, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, PA was probably our best. We, did, I mean, we didn't really win a lot, but we always were up front. No matter if we went to Steelers Grove or Hunterstown. I think the worst place we ever went to was Shellhammers. I'll never go back to that place again. Hate that place. <laughs> yeah, I've never been but, there. Uh, but going, Sorry. 
No, go ahead. I just I had never been to Shellhammers before. I'd been to Sealings Grove and um and everywhere else. Oh gotcha. Shellhammers is pretty much this it's a short little boring that is a concrete wall around it. So if you if you hit the wall, it's gonna be it's gonna hurt. <laughs> and we actually towed a go-kart in the in the B main because I end up running into the wall and that hurt so bad. And uh but going back to the Paul White thing, yeah, during that time I think Paul was actually kind of running with Bradford in a way. Like every time we go to PA, he always seemed like Paul was running a cart with us. So he would do all the tires and stuff like that. Right. Yeah, last year, <clears throat> yeah, last year, that was the first race I'd been back to in a while. I went back and um to the Paul White Memorial at Margaretsville when they first went back there and they had the champ buggy race there, the Max Daddy. So um and I think they're gonna have it. I don't know if they got rescheduled, but I think they're going to do, there's a couple other like memorials and stuff running around for him that I think will happen later on this year as well. Oh yeah. I, I think uh, the one was supposed to have an album are. Yeah. I think you might be right on that. Uh, all right. So, so you ran with Bradford, obviously you're running those couple years and then, um, and then 2015, like, we got together again, and uh, your dad called me up, and nothing really went wrong. I think it was just, some, you know, going to try something different. And um, so at that time, you are running, you know, you are running some Todd Miller stuff, and um, I think you put, put a couple go-karts together, and you actually went with him a couple times because I was – I know my son's opening day was, was happening, so I was like, I can't go. So Todd did tires for you, and uh, you guys had a pretty decent run. Was that at Nisus, right? Oh, yeah. The first race was at Georgia, and I think it was a tri-state race. And the next race was at Nieces, yes. Right. And um, so then, so really, I would say, like, 2015, between the tri-state, um, like, they had the Northeast series, or I'm not sure if it was the North or Northeast, but, um, you know, you ended up having, like, probably one of your better years in the adult stuff, like, that year. And um, so kind of tell me about that a little bit, like, you know, throughout 2015 and 16. Well, 2015 started off, did start off a little rough. I think you can agree with that as well. Mm-hmm. Just, beca- just because, I mean, it's it was all new for all but for us, and it was like the first time you've been back in a while, and it was it was everything, a combination of everything. But uh, once we actually got our shit together, it was one of the like the best year, better years in the adults. Like you said, uh, we ran the Tri-State Northeast Series, and that was like a, it was only a three race deal, but we I was. 2015 was the year we won the Max Daddy in, in Sealands Grove, and we also won the uh, Pro Animal Race at, at Hunterstown, which is supposed to be three grand, but that's a whole Troy Duncan deal, and I ain't going into that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it was really, that was a pretty good year, man. It wasn't, um, like I said, man, it was fun to get to go back with you guys and kind of hit, like, some of the bigger races and stuff like that. Um I think the the probably the worst moment was it that year or the year after that we went out to SEMA for the fifty grand and didn't make the race. Yeah. That was like that was the longest like weekend was, ever. I think that was twenty fifteen. Yeah, I think that was yeah. the first year. Because yeah, Ty, Ty ran with us. Yeah, Ty. I mean, I, every time I see him, I like I still apologize for that whole weekend because <laughs> he he came to run like the semi pro stuff and uh, it was the first time I ever even seen a burst tire almost and. It was a long weekend. Probably not the best best time to go out there, but um. Well, thankfully, thankfully we didn't drive out there. Thankfully, we had someone to take it out there for us, and we flew. <clears throat> yeah, we did get to fly. We took the the luxury route to get out there. Um, 
so after so in, in really in 2015 like you know we we traveled a lot i mean we raced a lot 2016 we kind of started doing the same thing on the tri-state series and um and after that like that's kind of like we both kind of got to the point after that little two-year run i think that i think you know i was getting ready to have another kid so i was ready to go do that and i think even with you um kind of i mean i've seen you grow up and stuff man almost kind of like you got to the point where you still wanted to be there you want to be around the people you wanted the experience to drive and stuff but living in Delaware, I mean, it takes us six to eight hours to get to every decent track. And this just, that takes a lot away from, you know, not only your schooling, your family, but your, your life that you are, you kind of already, you were with the same person. So you guys were kind of working towards this whole marriage deal for the last, you know, for a while now. So how did your outlook kind of change from like, you know, your point of view and you're, you know, you're maintaining the go-karts during the week and clean them up and going to school, working a little bit and driving. I mean, um, just kind of like your thoughts, like when you kind of got to that point where you knew you just didn't want to do it like a full time deal anymore. Yeah, that probably started like mid 2016, like you were saying. Uh, that was the first time, a first. That was the first year I actually moved up to main campus at University of Delaware, and where I was staying there all week. But I would come home on the weekends, and it got to a point where I was so tired of driving up there on Sunday, going to school all week, driving home on Friday just to hop back in a motorhome, drive six to eight hours to a racetrack, then to come right back, and then right back to uh, University of Delaware again. And it was just a lot of travel, and I feel like I could never see Maya or anything like that. And that was mainly the point where I was like, okay, I want to start like limiting how much I go. Like like you said, though, I still want to keep doing it and see the people because like, I enjoy seeing all the people down there and being around everybody, but it's just it was getting to the point where I had no time for anything. It was school drive home drive to the racetrack come home see see my my and my family for about half a day and then drive me back up there yeah no that was really the the exciting factor yeah no i agree man and i think too it was probably made it easier because in some aspects i mean you know like 2015 like i mean we won a bunch of money a bunch of races you won and <clears throat> set poles like in every big series there was. I and mean, we didn't win all the big races, but I think just proving it to yourself and, and this is maybe this is just my thoughts. And I feel like kind of proving it to yourself that you can do it. It was like in some aspects, it was like, OK, you prove something to yourself, but now you just want to get back to kind of doing it to enjoy it. Not more like a job, so to speak, you know. Oh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, because I mean, even with you, I mean, you I mean, you were going to school and stuff, but like, you know, your responsibilities, at least for my dad and I mean, for your dad and uh, in my perspective was, you know, to be focused, to be still working out, to eat, you know, to there are still like requirements for you, even when you were kind of living um, up at University of Delaware. So, uh, yeah, it, it was a lot, man. It kind of worked out that we I think you and I both and I think your dad, too kind of all felt the same way so it's like as it all kind of came to a close man it was a lot easier just to everyone kind of walked away happy and stuff you know so yeah definitely yeah so um so in your little semi-retirement tour here that you have going on (laughs) um so you're gonna i guess you're gonna do you plan to keep on racing um for the next couple years you just kind of doing it year by year month by month i mean i know you're getting ready to build a house too right yeah, uh, mainly right now it's just kind of year by year basis. 
it's it might take a uh, like a hiatus next year or next couple of years or so maybe I'm not real sure yet the details, but as of right now, like probably the next couple of years would be like a, more of a hiatus than anything with like maybe once one race, two races a year. Right. And so when you do run, I mean, you'll, you go show up and, you know, luckily you've, you and your family or your dad and brother have built the connections where you can kind of show up when you can and, and ride a decent ride. You know I mean? You're riding something that, that Daniel or Todd or, or somebody's working on that is around it full time. And when you go out there and you run, you know, qualified top 10, run like a top five, and you're only there once a month. I mean, I know that makes you feel good. Like, do you also, part of you still kind of think, man, if I just did this full time, I could be this or that. Um, are you just happy to know that you can do it without, you know, without really sacrificing the rest of your life to do it? Uh, it's kind of a combo of both. Like, part of me, I get out there, I run, go, I'm like, uh, I want to keep doing this. But in, in the back of my hand, I'm like, I can't right now. So it's always like the thing of like, I, if, I, if I did it week by week, I could probably run up front like I, like I do part time. Because like, I think the best example is this year, like we went to Triple T a few weeks ago. And that was the first race I actually ran this whole year. And for right now, it looks like the only race I'm going to run for a while. <laughs> as long as this <laughs> thing lasts. Um, I I didn't run anything since Albemarle in October of 2019 before Triple T, and we actually ended up qualifying second for the Chili Bowl race and finishing, I think, fourth. So it just it feels good to me knowing that I, I still run up front. And the real cool thing about like Daniel doing is is he'll give the best stuff no matter what. And like it doesn't like if if he has I don't really know how to describe it, but he has like a the way he does it, he won't pretty much give somebody the best set on purpose, you know what I mean? Right. I'm not sure how to describe it, but yeah. Right. And even, like you were just talking about, um, last year at Halloween Havoc and then the Chili Bowl, you know, back at Havoc, you actually ran, um, I think, a premier chassis with Bradford. And uh, I think it was like a rental. But you, I mean, Yarborough, like, you know, everyone that is anyone was there that weekend. So you ran up front in two bigger events with really two different teams and two different chassis and tire guys. So I think from my perspective, looking at it, you know, still keeping up with you and talking to your dad, like that's what I found impressive is that, you know, there, you didn't just do it with one person. Like you still did it with other people. And that just kind of shows that, um, that you can do it regardless of who's kind of doing the tires and stuff, you know? Yeah. So, uh, well, man, we're kind of getting to an end here, but um, I'm sure that there's probably some people that you'd like to think that are going to be listening to this, maybe that have helped you over the years. Um, so, and I'm sure you're going to give a little shout out to your fiance too. I'm sure she's going to be waiting to hear it. So um, go ahead, man. Is anyone, you know, I, the other thing is on like when this is all done, I'll post a couple of pictures, uh, kind of like I do with the rest of them. And anyone that you're not already friends with will be able to get a hold of you and, and stuff like that to reach out to you. So, um, so anybody you'd like to thank or give a shout out to? Uh, it's probably a long list, but there's yeah, a lot of people. All the time, man. Go for it. Yeah, go for <laughs> it. Uh, first of all, my dad, because he's the one that, that spends all the time and all the money to do all this with me, and I really appreciate it. Uh, my brother, for all the years of watching him and him helping me all throughout the years, you for the tire guy for all those years, uh, 
not time to get to the people. I'm, I'm not going to remember everybody, but uh, Eddie Miss You, Trey Miss You, Andy Murray, Daniel Armstrong, Alan Armstrong, Melanie Armstrong, Brian Bradford, Todd Miller. Phantom, racing chassis, a little part for me of racing chassis because we did two races with uh, Bradford and them. Um, and there's probably a lot of others. I'm going to forget, like, just Ryan O'Connor, Tim O'Connor for being great friends and helping me through everything. Ryan Hefner, because we've gotten a great friendship throughout the past years. Um, off the top of my head, that's really all I can... Think, oh, and uh, Gary Freeze at Speed Clinic because he was a big part uh, when we first started running with Daniel. And that's pretty much all the people I can really think of. Cool, cool. That's a pretty impressive list. That's a pretty impressive list, man. So, <laughs> well, man, I appreciate you taking the time. I mean, we usually see each other like once a month in passing or I get to see you guys. But, um, you know, I'll be looking forward to your wedding whenever that happens. You know, we're, we really only live like 20 minutes from each other, 30 minutes. But um, yeah. so anyway, man, good luck with uh, good luck with the wedding. Uh, Thomas Maya said hello, and uh, I'll be looking forward to you. I know during your brother's wedding, the thing that really stuck out to me is how good your hair looked, man. So I'm, I can't wait to see what it looks like on this wedding. Sorry, I got Also, I forgot to shout out to Maya, which is the file of one person I forgot to include. <laughs> oh, I would edit that in anyway, man. But um, yeah, that's cool, man. You can, well, you can edit that for me. Yeah. So, um, well, I'm looking forward to your wedding, man. I, you know, I've known her for a while. Like, not that I know her that great, but you guys, uh, you seem to make a happy couple. So I'll, I'll be rooting for you. And hopefully whenever you have kids, man, I'll be out there kind of like hammer, you know what I mean? Telling stories and doing tires and mixing up prep and stuff. But, um, well, anyway, I appreciate you making the time, man. Like, you know, I've known each, you know, we've known each other for a long time, man. Long time. Like, tw <laughs> yeah, 20 years. So I've enjoyed watching you grow as, you know, as a driver, but more importantly, as a young man. So, um, you know. I can't wait to see what the next step holds for you, and I'll be around to see it. So, um, anyway, until next time, Alex, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Cool, man. I will, um, I'll stop it there and then we'll upload it, and that'll be that, man. So, you'll be a hero, you'll be famous for five minutes. So. <laughs> So, Sounds good. So, cool, man. Well, hey, dude, I appreciate it. And uh, like I said, I'm I'm looking forward to the wedding. So uh, whenever it is, I'll be there. So uh, just keep us posted if it gets canceled again. You know, no one really knows what's going on yet. So yeah, hope, hopefully it's May 30th. But if anything yeah. changes, we'll let everyone know. Obviously. Cool, man. All right, dude. Have a good one. Enjoy the rest of the day, bro. Thanks. You too. All see right, ya. Man, see you. Yep. Hey, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. And this is coming out. We're right in the middle of the whole coronavirus thing. So just hoping everyone's healthy. Uh, be responsible. Try to keep people in mind whenever you're doing stuff. I know you're not going to stay home and, and lock yourself in a room. But if nothing else, get out, work in your yard, get all the little things done on your go-kart that you probably didn't have a time to do. And uh, that way, when you're ready to go racing, uh, hopefully you win a big race. So you can be on the podcast. So take care, everyone. Bye.